Beautiful. Okay. So today's dot is dot hey. Page five in Yuma, Gishmakadaf. And today's, we are together up to the bottom of Dalit Amadez, 4B. We're up to the words Mechlal Ditarvayu, okay, which is six lines from the bottom of Dalit Amud Beis. And we're going to focus on the Machlokos in Reish Lakish and Rabbi Echenon. Just to give a little bit of an overview, Rabbaran asked for a little bit of a uh, synopsis. So there's going to be two main discussions on today's daf. Okay, discussion number one, just to give a, the discussion number one, is right now we're wrapping up the machlokas between these brother-in-laws, Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yechanan. Again, Rabbi Yechanan is of the opinion that the seven days that the Kohen separates himself prior to Yom Kippur is learned out from the Meluan, the inauguration of the Mishkan. Reish Lakish argued. Reish Lakish said it's learned out from Harsina. Okay? That's, I believe, uh, we have that clear. There's a dispute about that. We're going to focus on that for just a drop. The conversation on Amur Aleph is going to shift to the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan that we learn out the laws of the seven days from the Shivas Yemei Miluim, from the inauguration of Mishkan. Does it apply to... Uh, the discussion is going to be, just to keep it into one sentence, the discussion will be, is every last detail of Miluim, did it continue to apply to the seven days? Or is it some details? And the main focus is going to be um, whether it's for now or for Doros, for all, late, for all the later generations, that every halacha, everything that happened at the Shivas Bibulum does need to apply for all later generations, or only some laws. Okay? That's going to be the Machlaikas of Ahmed Aleph. On Ahmed Bey's, it's going to be a very factual discussion. It's going to go chick-chack. And that's just going to discuss what the Shivas Bibulum looked like. We're going to get into what the Kohanim were wearing who took part in it, and it's going to deal with the, the inauguration itself. That's going to be the focus of, as we turn to Hey Amad Beis, all right? So for now, let's get to where we're up to. We're on Dalit Amad Beis. Six lines from the bottom of the page, and we are discussing the Machlokas, Rabbi Reish and Rabbi Echanan, all right? Mechlal de Tarvayu Svira Lehum says the Gemara. It seems that both Rabbi Yechanan and Reish Lakish hold that when it came to the Shiva Simimilu, when it came to the inauguration of the Mishkan, anything that needed to be done in the Mishkan was ma'akib, was absolutely crucial and necessary to be done. Anything that was commanded, if you would have left out anything, the whole avoid is down the tubes. Okay, now Reish Lakish can agree with that. All Reish Lakish says is he disagrees as to the source of the going by Yom Kippur separating himself. But he can agree that when it came to the inauguration, every last part is is ma'akev, is essential and crucial. Why did Mark? Because we learned miluim when it came to the inauguration of the Mishkan Rabbi Yechonon Rabbi Chanino. We have machlekes in Rabbi Yechonon Rabbi Chanino. Chadamar kolakos ve'makabahem. Anybody who says uh, one says that anything that was written is ma'akev. Chadamar dabar ma'akev le'taris ma'akem. Only something that was. That, that is crucial and essential for all gener- generations and needed to be done later, that's what was ma'akev at the miluim, at that initial inauguration. She, but uh, something that she'ein ma'akev l'dairis, something that was not crucial for later generations, also ein ma'akev behem. Even at the miluim was not essential, meaning you were supposed to do it, but if you forgot, b'seder, the avaida was still valid. Okay? 
Says the Gemara, we're now three lines from the bottom of Dalit Amabes, 4B, says the Gemara, that's prove that Rav Yechanan is the one who holds that if something is written, it is me'akev. Okay? It's completely me'akev. Because since Reish Lakish said to Rabbi Yechanan, what did he say to Rabbi Yechanan? Imam Eluim, what did he say on Gimel Amad Beis, Adafago? If when it came to the Miluim, anything that's written is Ma'akev, is crucial and essential, Rabbi Yechanan didn't disagree with that statement. So you see that uh, any, uh, any command that was given at the, at the Miluim, at the inauguration, was crucial for the Avaida in order for it to be valid, to stayim. Yes, that is a good proof. Period. End of the, that Gemara. Okay, so that's the discussion, Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. And now, once we mention the Brisa, where once we mention the statement where we had a machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina as to whether each part of the Miluim was Ma'akev. Okay, we introduce, this is how we introduce today. One opinion is Rabbi Yochanan that it's Ma'akev. And Rebbe said, no, only things that needed to be performed in later generations were ma'akev at that original time. But something that does not need to be performed in later generations, if they would have forgotten it at the original time, would not have impacted the avoda. Okay? Now let's discuss why there's a dispute. Why is there an argument? My Benayu says, what's the difference, practical differences between Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Hanino? Let's now turn to the top of... Um, the top of today's daf, daf Hayamar Aleph, Amr Rav says, Smichi I'll tell you a difference. Okay? And the Gemara now is going to to list four nafkaminas, four differences between Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Hanina. So number one is Smicha. Okay? That, Lamad Amr according to Rabbi Yechanan, who says that if it was written at the Miluim at the inauguration of the Mishkan. It was Ma'akev, so Smicha Ma'akva. Smicha is going to be Ma'akev. Lamanda Omar, and the one who says, Davar Ma'akev Ma'akev but if it wasn't, that if it wasn't crucial in later generations, it wasn't crucial at the original inauguration, so Smicha Lai Ma'akev. Smicha is not Ma'akev because in later generations we know Smicha is supposed to be done on Karbanas, certain Karbanas. But it's certainly not ma'akev. If you forget smicha, the, the carbon is still valid. And since nowadays it's valid, if they would have forgotten it at the according to Rabbi Chanino, it would be valid as well. Now, how do you know that nowadays smicha is not ma'akev? Well, the darius menolim to ma'akva. The tanik to the price of a samach So he leans, and the the when you lean, then Hakadosh Baruch who wants the carbon, the carbon is accepted. The chi smicha mechaperes. Is the leaning on it that's what gets you an atonement? The atonement comes from when you sprinkle the blood. When you sprinkle the blood, that nefesh, that soul, has an atonement. So what does it mean when you lean? That's when I, when you lean on it. That's when Hashem accepts it. If the acceptance is blood and not leaning, what's the meaning of this pasuk? Letting us know that if you consider smicha to be an extra of the mitzvah, shiari. Right. Unfortunately, we're familiar, us Yidin, are familiar with the expression of She'eris Hapleta. Yeah, the survivors of the Holocaust, those who were left over and they came, they came over following the war, the survivors, the She'eris Hapleta. 
The word she'eris is as if it's a leftover. It's an extra. It's not ma'akev. The Torah considers it as if it was you didn't get a kapara, although ultimately a kapara was done. Period. Okay. So what did we just point out? Quick overview of the last few steps. The Gemara had asked, what's the practical difference between Rabbi Yechonon and Rabbi Hanina? Answer number one is smicha. Okay, because smicha was supposed to be done by the Miluim, but it's not Ma'akev in later generations. That's one Nafkamina. Here's another Nafkamina. Rav Nachman says another difference between these opinions. Waving of the parts of the carbon are another difference. The Chaz of right, is uh, another difference between Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Chanin. According to one who says anything that's written by the Miluim is essential, so Ma'akva. So waving is essential by the miluim as well. According to one who says that that if it's not ma'akev a carbon in later generations, then it wasn't ma'akev at the miluim either at the inauguration either. So then loy ma'akva the waving is not ma'akev. Ask the Gemara, how do you know that in later generations, if you didn't wave the limbs of the animal that needed to be waved, that it's not ma'akev? Where's your source for that? How do you know it's not essential? Later generations is not essential to Tanya because we learned in Ebrisa you wave it to get an atonement. Did the waving give the guy an atonement? No. The atonement came through the sprinkling of the blood. So why did it say the waving you get a kapara? Same as we said before. If a person considers the waving to be an extra, eh, like it's not important. You're wrong for doing that, but it's still a good kapara. The Torah says, okay, it's as if you didn't do it, but you got your kapara, period. Okay, so let's, let's go back again. How did we start today? How did we start Tafei? We asked the question, what's a prat- what are some practical differences between Rabbi Yechen and Rabbi Hanina? So, so far we have two answers to go over this. And we're going to go over this again after the third answer. Answer number one, one answer number one, to be an afkamina is smicha, leaning. That's going to be one difference. Rabbi Yechonon is going to hold smicha was ma'akev by the miluim. Rabbi Hanina says no. Answer number two that we just mentioned is tenufa, waving. According to Rabbi Yechonon, waving was ma'akev, was essential and crucial by the miluim. And Rabbi Hanina says no, it was not. The same way it's not crucial and essential nowadays. Here, let's go with a third a practical difference to the Machlechus. Here we go. Rav Papa Amar. Rav Papa gives a third explanation as to the difference. Prisha Shiva Igbinayu. A difference between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina is going to be whether uh, the Kohen had to separate himself prior to the Miluim, prior to the inauguration of the Mishkan. The Mandamar says that you need to do it as Ma'akev, so Ma'akva. So the Kohen separating himself. By the Miluim, by the, the inauguration of the Mishkan, was Ma'akiv. If he didn't separate himself, he couldn't do the Avaidah. The Manda Omar, in the corner when it says, Davashin that later generations, you're supposed to set aside the Kohen Gadol, you're supposed to separate himself, but if he didn't, the Avaidah is not Ma'akiv. So then, even in times of the Miluim, if the Kohen Gadol would not have separated himself, the Avoda is still valid. Says the Gemara, how do you know that nowadays, nowadays, meaning at the time of the Beis Hamikdash, how do you know in later generations by the Beis Hamikdash? We learned in our Mishnah the Kohen is supposed to separate himself. What if he didn't? Is the Avoda on Yom Kippur valid? We just said, yes. Ask the Gemara, how do you know? 
How do you know that if the Kohen Gadol would not have separated himself prior to Yom Kippur, his Avod on Yom Kippur is valid? How do you know? Answers the Gemara. Gishmak. Since we said you prepare a backup Kohen Gadol, did the backup Kohen Gadol separate himself? No. The backup Kohen Gadol didn't separate. So what would have happened if you separate the Kohen Gadol and he kicks the bucket on Erev Yom Kippur. His backup is going to be allowed to do the Avoda on Yom Kippur despite not having separated himself for seven days. So you see, a Kohen Gadol can technically do the Avoda even though he didn't have seven days of separation. Okay? So here we have a third answer. Again, the Gemara had asked to start our daf. What are, what are some differences between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina? Answer number one was smicha. Leaning, the, whether you need a lean is going to be a difference and by, by, uh, uh, by the inauguration. Answer number two is tenufa, whether waving the limbs of the animal was ma'akev at the inauguration, was essential for the inauguration. And now we just gave a third answer as to what the separating of the Kohen Gadol. The difference between them is going to be that according to Rabbi Yochanan, if the Kohen Gadol did not separate himself prior to the inauguration, then the avoda was not good. And according to Rabbi Hanina, if the Kohen Gadol would not have separated himself prior to the inauguration, it would still be valid. And now we get the final nafkamina, the final difference in halacha, the point number four, to separate Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina, and that is from Ravina, one of the authors of Gemara. Ravina Omar, Ravina says, Riboy Shiva umeshicha Shiva, adding garments to the Kohen Gadol, umeshicha Shiva, and doing that um, uh, uh, for seven days, Ika Beinayu, is going to be another nafkamina between Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Hanina. Now, what is this referring to? So, the Torah tells us that the Kain Gadol um, was established as a Kain Gadol by one of two ways. Okay? Um, or by two ways, and that is the Kohen Gadol wore his own set of garments. Right? The high priest, the Kohen Gadol, had the the the, Godem, the big day Kohen Gadol. And the, another, different, another thing that we did for the Kohen Gadol is that we anointed him with oil. Okay? These are two different ways to show who becomes Kohen Gadol. Now, Aaron HaKohen, by the day of the inauguration, he became the Kohen Gadol. And he was anointed with oil, and he put on these special garments. Okay? So, Ravina says that in order for somebody to be a Kayin Gadol, does he need to wear these garments and be anointed for seven days straight or not? Does he need to do it only on one day, and now he's the Kayin Gadol? Or did this have to take place for seven days in a row consecutively. And that discussion is going to depend on the opinion of Rabbi Yechiron and Rabbi Hanina. How so? So let's read this. According to the Mandamar who says whatever is written uh, by the Milu and by the inauguration was Ma'akev was essential and crucial. So the Ma'akva, you got to do it for seven days straight because that's what was done to Aaron HaKohen at the inauguration, right? And that's what's uh, but if you're going to say that anything that wasn't essential for later generations did not need to be done at the inauguration, 
because we know that in later generations to be established as a Kohen Gadol, he did not need to be anointed for seven days straight. Ask the Gemara, how do you know? How do you know that in the Beis HaMikdash, in order to be Kohen Gadol, he didn't need a seven-day uh, party of, uh, of anointing? How do you know later generations not Ma'akib? The Tanakh is learned in the Brisa. The Chibra Kohen Hashim Shachar and the Kayin who was Mashach, who was anointed, will get an atonement. And a person whose hands have been filled. To be a Kohen in place of his father. What do we learn out from this Pasuk? It says for seven days, the Kayin, uh, the, the Kayin wears these garments. Tachtov uh, in his place, mi bonav, amongst and in place of his sons. Okay? We're dealing with a Kohen Gadol that died. Somebody else was appointed in place of the Kohen Gadol, besides for the Kohen Gadol's children. Okay? So, so it seems that he's anointed for seven days. But what happens if he wears the extra garments, but he only has one day of anointing? Or Nisrabi Yemechad, Benim Shiva, or if he if he had the extra garments for one day and had seven days of anointing, Minayan, how do I know that he's a Kain Gadol when he has one or the other? Now in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, that he was anointed, or a person whose hands have been filled with the garments, which means Mikomaka. Either way, if one of these things are done, even if both of them were not done for a complete seven days. So the he's go, it's going to be valid to be a Kayin Gadol. Says the Gemara, okay. So you find that really you're supposed to wear the added uh, big day Kohen Gadol. When a person's anointed Kohen Gadol and he has the added garments of the Kohen Gadol, you're supposed to do that for seven days. That's ideal. Okay? But how do you know that you're also supposed to be anointed for seven days. Where do you know that? Yeah, we, we, The Pesach told us seven days of wearing the garments. Where do you see the seven days of anointing? Either you can say if the, because the Torah felt the need to be memayated, to exclude it. If I didn't think that naturally it should be included, why would I need to exclude it and say that that uh, the Kohen Gadol does not need it for seven days? It must be that without the Pesach, Logic would dictate, I do need anointing for seven days. Okay, so again, what was the question? How do you know that you would need to be anointed for seven days? The Gemara says by process of elimination. All right. Because it says, This is the Yisema. Yeah, because we see that the anointing of the oil is similar to the added Begadim. Ma Riboy Shiva, just like by the added Begadim. It's seven days. Af Meshicha Shiva. So too, the anointing is seven days. Says the Gemara, my time of the Mandamar Kalakosim Now, if according to Rabbi Yechinan, who says that anything that's written by the Miluim was Ma'akiv, why, where, where is he getting that decision from? Okay? In other words, we know that Chachamim don't argue by sitting in the back of a bus, spacing out and deciding to argue. So if you have a Machloik of Sinav Yechinan, Rabbi Chanina as to whether the seven days of Miluam are Ma'akev, same as Ladairis or not, where are they coming from? Let's ask on the premise. 
My time of the month, Omar Kova Kosva Ma'akev, Omar of Yitzhak Bar Bisna, Yitzhak Bar explains, Omar Kro, it says in the Pasuk, Va'asisal Arna Lubonov, Kocha, you do to Arna and his sons like this, Kocha, like this, Ikuvahu. Right? You ask somebody a question, even in modern Hebrew, you ask Israeli, Lama, Kocha, that's the way it is, and that's it, that's how it's going to be. Kocha means that's the way it is. You can say, Kocha, that's the way it's got to be. If that's the way it's got to be, then the Kayan has to do that. That's how it's got to be. That's what needed to be done for Aaron by the day of the inauguration. Says the Gemara, one second. Tenach, that makes sense. If you say, That makes sense if everything that's written in this Indian has the word Kacha. That everything by the Milom has the word Kacha. But most of like something that wasn't written with the word kacha, like this, how do you know that at the Miluim it was Ma'akev, that it was crucial and essential? Okay, we've turned now to Hayom Beis. says, Yalif Pesach Pesach. He makes Xerah Shava of Pesach Pesach, of the entrance and entrance. One's talking about the entrance uh, to the Mishkan, and one's talking about the entrance of the Ayomayr, and, and uh, since one is Ma'akev, so too the other one was Ma'akev as well. Everything that needed to be done, apparently the word Pesach was actually, you didn't write after this, write out Pesach Ayomayr to the entrance, you could just write out to El Ayomayr to the Ayomayr. Why do you got to have this extra word? So this extra word lets us know that whatever was done in both scenarios, both by the Mishkan and are Ma'akev. Rav Meshashi, Omar Rav Meshashi says, You should protect the watch of Hashem. What does it mean to protect it? It means, if, you're, if you need to protect something, that means you got to make sure it's done. You protect things that are important. And if it's essential, it's important. Okay? So the fact that we have the word Mishmeres, that, uh, that shows us that every part of the Miluim was Ma'ake. That's another possible answer for Rabbi Echimim's opinion. Ravashi Omar. Ravashi, also one of the authors of the Gemara, writes, says, For so I have commanded you also, Ikuva, with Kikain. Like this. See, basically, I commanded you to do it. It means you got to do it like this. No other way. If you do it any other way, the Avaida is not going to be valid. Period. So we have three possible approaches. Again, let's just wrap this up outside quickly. We had a Shaila. Okay, not a Kashu. We had a Shaila. We were curious, searching for information. What's with the opinion that everything done at the Miluim is Ma'akev? How do you know that? So, we have, we had uh, three possible answers. One possible answer was from the word Kacha. Another possible answer was Xera Shava of Pesach Pesach. And another possible, uh, a possible answer was Mishmeres Hashem, Mishmeres. And uh, finally, we have Kikain Tsubesi. So it's like, th- it's really three and a half answers. It's four answers, except that the first answer only works lefi, uh, uh, for the things that have the word kacha with it. The last three answers work across the board. Okay. Period. Here we go. Let's get into a brand new brysa for just a short moment and then we're going to uh, begin the fascinating 
uh, incident, uh, they'll call it the incident, the fascinating first Avaida ever of the Mishkan and what it looked like. So here we go. Tanner Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so shall we. He came to Vesi, for I commanded. Maish Rabbeinu says, this is how I was commanded to do it. Kasher Tzivesi, as I commanded. Kasher Tzivashem, as Hashem commanded. What's going on here? So we have three expressions of tziva. Okay, we have kikain tuvesi. Maish Rabbeinu saying, this is what I was commanded to do. Kasher tzivesi, as I was commanded to do. And as Hashem commanded. Okay, so three different expressions of command. Uh, I lost the place, I'm sorry. Kikain tuvesi ba'aninos yoichlu. Okay, what is kikain tuvesi? It's telling us that we know that Aaron and the remaining two sons were what we call, the, the, they were in a state of aninos. Aaron had two sons that died and had not yet been buried. Usually an Ainain is not allowed to perform any mitzvah say. Right? We're familiar with the story. Yeah? Any nays out there? Please let me know. Yeah? Right? Aaron had two sons on the day of the Miluim. Nebuch. They passed away. So Aaron and his, and his remaining children and his remaining sons how do we know they were in a state of aninos they shouldn't be performing in the mishkan how do we know that they were supposed to so that is kikain tzuvesi mashbeinu says i know this is unique but this is what hashem commanded us to do aaron and the children are supposed to continue with the avayda kasher tzuvesi as um as hashem commanded mashbeinu this means that Moshe told them this at the time that the chatos was burned. Kasher tziva Hashem, as Hashem commanded, means I'm letting you know that all these halachas that I'm sharing with you is from things that Hashem commanded me. This is not my command. This is not my decision. These are all things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu have, has told me to pass on to you. Period. All right. So that was a little bit of an additional discussion of Risa with a little bit of an additional discussion concerning the Pesukim that we mentioned. Kavaldik, okay. Here we go. Om Rebbeisi Barchanin, Rebbeisi Barchanin says, Mechnosayim in Ksuvim Beparsho, the pants. The pants of the Kahana. In Ksuvim Beparsho. Okay? It's not written explicitly in the, uh, in the Parsha of the Miluim on the day of the inauguration. Meaning, there's a list of begadim, of garments that the kahanim were supposed to wear, and it happens to leave out the mechnasayim. Kishihu Aimer, when the Pasuk says, Vizeha davar, and this is the thing, Asher lohem, that you should do for them, to sanctify them, to serve as kahanim, that lets me know that includes the mechnesayim, the pants, and the asiris eifa, because they have to serve as kaihanim, and this is the big day kahuna. We know that mechnesayim is one of them, so even though it's not listed, but now that it says to sanctify as kaihanim, so that must be included. It includes the pants and the asiris eifa. Now, now immediately what our, where our minds should go to is why are you talking about the asiris eifa? The Gemara had a shaila. Mechnesayim are left out. 
Where do you know the mechasayim needed to be worn? The Gemara answers, Svara, right? We know, because we know that's part of the big day kahuna and they have to serve as kahana. And also the Asir Seifa, says the Gemara, one second. I know they needed to wear the mechnasayim. Okay, because it's part of the big day kahuna, and, and we know that if they served as kahanims, then that, that follows along too. Al-Asir Seifa Manolam, the tenth of an eifa of flour, where's that? That's not, they don't, they don't wear that. Where's that coming from? The Gemara says, oh, Asya Zezeh. That's learned out from the Gzira Shava of the word this. Mizek Karban Arnu Bonav Asheyakivil Hashem. From this, Aaron and his sons bring a Karban Asheyakivil Hashem that they should offer in front of Hashem. Asiris Ha'efa, which includes an Asiris Ha'efa. Okay, and we know that the, the Kayan, the Kayan God, along with the Kahanim, uh, they brought a mincha as part of their avayda and memela. It's letting us know that the kain gadol also needs to bring the sira seifa, the mincha, along with his service while he's wearing all his begadim, including the mechnasayim. Period. Okay, so now we're talking about the day of inauguration. One thing that we've clarified, two things that we've clarified that weren't specific in the Torah. One is that the mechnasayim needed to be worn for the Avaida to be done. And also that the Kayin Gadol had to be the one to bring the Karba Mincha that had the Asira Saif. Okay. Now, let's keep going. What else happened? Rabbi Yechonin says, in the name of Rav Shimon ben Yoichoi. How do we know that reading the Parsha was Ma'akiv? It is. Maisha Rabbeinu gathered together all of Klal Yisrael. And he read, um, and he read all of the halachas concerning the miluim during the seven from the Torah, all the psukim during the seven days leading up to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, when ultimately it was the day of inauguration. Okay, how do we know that if Moshe Rabbeinu would not have learned the halachas publicly from the Torah? That the whole Avaida on opening day of the Miluim would not have been valid if he didn't preface it by learning the Torah with us. How do you know that? Talmud Weimar. This is the matter that Hashem has commanded. Davar. This is the thing. This is the word. Afilu dibor me'akev. So you use the word Davar, which is thing. Okay, referring to the Avaida. The word Davar also is dibor, speech. Maishu is saying the speech of Liman and the action are both ma'akev. And just to bring this a little bit practical to life. Yeah, we know as Yidin, you, you, you really can't have one completely without the other. In order to be able to do a davar, to do a thing, you need to have dibur. You need to be educated. We need to be knowledgeable. Um, sometimes we can do things without knowledge. Okay, it's true. You know, we could have a nasa before a nishma. But the, to, to ultimately do things right, if we only know the final outcome without the lumdus, without the background of the source of everything, it's going to be very hard to know where else it applies to in our lives. And therefore, both the Dover and Dibur are hand in hand. And, you know, this is the, that is another underlying meaning as to why the Shairish, uh, the root word of both of uh, both Dover and Dibur are connected. Okay. Says the Gemara. Ketzad Hilbisham. How were they dressed? What were they wearing? By the Shivashim, by the by the Milu. 
Says the Gemara, Ketzad Hilbishon, what do you mean, how did he get them dressed? My dahave have however they got dressed, they got dressed. Why is it important for us to know how Maisha dressed them in their big day kahuna back then? Do you have to know, ask the Gemara, do you have to know every last detail? Is it important? Answers the Gemara, you're right. The question is that um, how does the inauguration of the Kain Gadol by the future Beis HaMikdash, how does that compare to the original um, inauguration by the, uh, of the Mishkan, which, which took place in the Midbar? Okay? So the Gemara says, Azai. And there are Mepharshim that, that explain this question, by the way, to mean even for us in the times of Mashiach, when ultimately the base of is going to be rebuilt, what's it going to look like? So the Gemara says, one second. What, what type of question is that? Later on, or you can type this to mean in the future, which hasn't yet happened. Yeah, why do you want to know now? Now, these types of questions are obviously waiting for a good answer, right? Because these questions are like, now we're going back and forth. Sometimes people ask a question that their goal really is to give a good answer. Yeah, the question by uh, the Gemara says, Azai, why do you want to know how to dress Arna and his sons by the third base of Mikdash? Maisha is going to be there too. He'll do whatever he did originally. Says the Gemara, no, here's what's bothering us. How did Maishan address them? And the reason why I want to know is because the Psukim and the Tyra contradict themselves into how that process was done. So we're doing this for, for Tyra. It's, we're not asking this to know what we're going to have to do on our own, practically. The reason why we have a question on how it was done, excuse me, is because the, we, we have to understand the Torah. And the verses in the Torah of how these things were done are contradictory. They don't pan out. Okay? And Rashi explains as follows. Why is there a, uh, why is there a contradiction in the Psukim? So, there's a, uh, so Rashi explains to us, Rashi goes to the Psukim and tells us that the, in Shemais, the Torah says that Moshe took the belt and he tied the belts around Aaron and his children together. Okay? Which means they all went on pretty much simultaneously. All the belts went on at the same time. But by, uh, but, but uh, in Vayikra, in Sefer Vayikra, in Parshat Sav, when it discussed the actual day of Miluim, it says that Maisha Rabbeinu got Aaron dressed with all of the garments, and afterwards he called Aaron's children and put it on to and put on their garments. So how did it work? In Shemais, it seems to imply they all put on their garments at once. And in Vayikra it happened one after another. So in order to understand the contradiction of Sukkim, we're asking now what went down. Not because practically we need to know how to do it for ourselves. No, Maisha will take care of that, Lias and Lavai, but just Otherwise, the verses in the Torah are a contradiction. Okay. So, Pligiba 
Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yechon. Machoikas between Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yechon. Chad Omar Aaron Vachakach Bonov. Vachad Omar Aaron. Vachad Omar Aaron Ubonov Bebas Achas. Okay, there's a machoikas. Okay, and this is what Rashi had explained to us. And it's, it's uh, one man the Omar says that first Moshe got Aaron dressed, and then another man the Omar says no, they all happened at the same time. Now, where does it come from? So the Gemara is going to explain it through us. Amar Abai. When it came to the hat and the robe, so everybody agrees that what's called the, uh, the I'm sorry, the yeah, the the hat and the tunic. So everybody agrees that Moshe first dressed Aaron. The Bain Bitzavo Ubain Basia Aaron Kodim. Because Aaron got dressed first, he was commanded to do it first. Keep Ligi Ba'avnit, the whole Machlekes is by the belt. Mandamar Aaron Vachach Bonov, the Chseva Yachare Soi Ba'avnit. Moshe Rabbeinu put a belt on him, Ba'adar Chseva, then it says, Ba'yachare Som Ba'avnit, he put belts on Aaron's children. Mandamar Aaron Ubana Basachas, the Chseva Vichagarto Isom. It says, and they all went together. Okay? That was in Shmais. Ulamanda Omar Aaron Ubana Basachas, Chseva Yachare Soi Ba'avnit, as the Gemara finds. So we have a Machlaikas. But now, each one has a source, one from Shemois, one from Vayikra. Very nice. But what is each one going to do with the other one's source? Okay, you could bring a backup to say it all happened as once, and you could bring a verse as backup and supporting you that it happened one after the other, but you're still going to have to reconcile with the other verses in the Torah. So ask the Gemara again. Uh, um, two lines from the bottom. If you're going to say Aaron and children all happened at once, but it says that he did it first Aaron, and then it says and then it says them. So how can you tell me it all happened as, as uh, it all happened at once? Now we turn to the top of tomorrow's daf to answer this. Amar loch that man the Amar will say to you, Ahu because there's different types of belts. Okay, the makeup of the avnate was completely different. And therefore the Torah is letting us know that the belts of a regular Kayin are, are uh, completely different than the belt of, uh, than the, belt of the Kayin Gadol. Okay? So it's refer- that's why the Torah separates the two. Not to tell us. Here's the, here's the, the Svara. By separating Aaron and then saying his sons, it's not telling us that it happened at different times. It's telling us even if it happened at the same time, there were different belts. There were different styles of belts. One for the Kayan Gadol and one for the uh, Kayan Hedyot, the regular Kayan. Okay, very nice. So now let's ask on the flip side. So the one who says that it happened all at the same time, we asked on you, I, how could this happen to the other? He's wiggling out. He says, oh, it doesn't mean one after another, different belts. Fine. Now let's ask on the other side. The one who says that, oh, I have a proof. First it was Aaron and his children. I, how can you tell me it happened at different times? What are you going to do with the Pesach of? That all happened at the same time. Amar Lach will say to you, Hahu Kamash Malan, this lets us know that the belt of the Kain Gadol was actually the same as the Kain Hedit. And this that it says that he put a belt on him, and then them, Lamali. What is that teaching me? This lets me know that Taka, it was Aaron and then his children. I asked the Gemara last, uh, last couple lines, we'll stop at the two dots. How in the world would Moshe have gotten Aaron and his children dressed at the same exact time? Can you do it all at the same time? No. How can he do it at the same time? Practical. Just get practical. Answers the Gemara with a very practical answer. No, you're reading too deeply into this. 
All it means is that he didn't all happen like like he lassoed all of them at once with a belt. No, what it means is he put on Aaron's belt and then he put on the belt of the children without dealing with any other begadim, without dealing with any other garments in between. It doesn't mean mamish at once. It means he did all of them without dealing with any other begadim. And we will hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Bez Hashem, we will pick up on Matzei Shabbos um, at, uh, let's make it 9.30. I know it's late, but Shabbos is getting over later, so we'll pick up Bez Hashem at 9.30.